is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Hey, welcome back again to the Dharmic Evolution. Have I got a country dude for you. And he used to be a rock singer. So before we get into the show today, don't forget to sign up for the Dharmic Evolution. Just go to our website, dharmicevolution.com, and also check out the Spotify Dharmic Rising Stars playlists. They're in every single uh, show notes uh, on the website. You can just scroll through that and see who is ranking and where with their songs on these uh, playlists. So today we're taking a ride down to Georgia. And we're going to hang out with this country recording artist based in a small town just outside of Atlanta. His music often blurs the lines of country, soul, and blues, a nod to the legends of his southern roots. The combination of his undeniable powerhouse vocals and poignant songwriting has drawn crowds all over the southeast, where he has shared the stage, opening for bands like Montgomery Gentry, Cadillac 3, and 38 Special. He also was chosen as the resident artist to play in the VIP area for Lakewood Amphitheater, where he was the pre-show artist, playing for the Zac Brown Band, Florida Georgia Line, Dave Matthews Band, and Journey. He's been described by the world-renowned vocal coach, Jan Smith. She's the vocal coach to Usher, Bieber, and Rob Thomas. As a rustic singer with blazing original songs that can punch you in the heart, and slap the truth straight upside your head. With a southern sensitivity but a man's man approach, he's a unique blend of tough and tender. Dion Osborne, vocal coach to Drake, describes him as simply one of the best vocalists I've ever worked with, hands down. His vocal swagger and honesty speaks to any fan looking for music they can both relate to and rock even harder. His radio-ready songs with their viral vocal and guitar hooks complete the picture that is today's hot new act. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together because we're taking a ride today on the Dharmic Evolution to Georgia from Nashville, Tennessee on a Dharmic Evolution podcast to hang out with Sam Kuhn. Sam, welcome to the Dharmic Evolution. Thanks for having me. Hard work and do it. This took a while for us to get set up. We had a bunch of go-rounds, didn't we? <laughs> uh, we did, man. I appreciate you being patient with me. It's, it's now, been a wild few weeks. That's that's quite all right. I mean, I, I, I can't remember where... I picked you up from, but when I immediately heard your music, I was hooked. Um, really great approach. Um, I love the stripped down sound and, you know, your vocals and your songwriting. Really awesome guitar playing. You got the whole package going on. Um, really, really appreciate that. So where are you right now? I know you're from, you spent time in Nashville, Georgia, Florida. Are you in Georgia right now? Yeah, I actually just moved to Douglasville back in December. Uh, so I've always been kind of around the Gwinnett area in Georgia, but I'm a little more west now. Now, where's that in relationship to Atlanta? Uh, if you're coming from Atlanta, um, you would you would try to get on 20 west. It'll take you um, towards Carrollton, that direction. Okay. Um, and then, you know, if you keep going farther, it's to Alabama, so. Awesome. Awesome. So <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to tick back the clock a little bit and, um, you were with a band in Nashville, uh, for a while there. Um, I guess you were the lead singer or w what was your part in that project? 
um, and now you're off on your own. Well, it started, um, I think it was around 2013. I was asked or I auditioned for this country band. Uh, it was kind of similar to Colt Ford, where the main artist was the rapper, um, and I would sing the choruses and play uh, acoustic alongside him. So that was a band called Jesta James. has a T in there, J-E-S-S-T-A. Um, but it was an eight-piece band, and, man, we toured for – almost two years straight it was this time of my life though i mean we were all over the country and got all the way to the point where um we got to showcase for big machine in front of scott borchetta and uh that didn't end up working out but it was an awesome experience though and it was a killer band it was you like know, dave matthews being up there <laughs> wow you know i was wondering because when i i kind of looked at them real quick today before our interview and I said, you know, I didn't see you like really fitting in with this band. But now that you describe, you know, what happened with uh, hip hop when hip hop, you know, collided with or merged with pop music and country and everything else all combined, it all it all makes sense now. You know, like, um, yeah. you know, you're you're carrying the melodies and and you know that's the hybrid. You're the other half of the hybrid. So uh, pretty cool. Yeah, that must yeah, have been was- uh, fun. It it was, and the I mean the band was at the top of their game. I mean we had a fiddle player that would play "Devil Goes Down to Georgia." Devil went down to Georgia, and she'd set her bow on fire and blow like paraffin at the end of the song. And we had like two lead guitar players. One was like a metal guy. Had this crazy drummer. He was like a metal drummer. He'd do anything though. Well, and, it sounds uh, like a dangerous act. Did you guys get arrested <laughs> for arson or anything like that in any of these clubs you played? No, but I think that we uh, pushed it close one time because the ceiling was pretty low at one show. And she, oh, did, man. Michelle didn't hesitate, just blew that fire. And we were all like, oh, Lord. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was fun, though. Yeah. Also, I bet you uh, you carried some uh, songwriting uh, ideas from uh, from those experiences, or maybe they haven't manifested yet. But uh, you never lose that stuff, you know. Yeah, absolutely. When did you get serious as a writer? Like, when did it like um, start to hit you, like in your career, that you had this songwriting ability? I think I've always written probably since I picked up a guitar when I was 15. Um, I think in college, so I was in college from 2005 to 2009. Um, and I started singing more at that point. And I was actually a rock singer for a while. That's all I cared about was rock and roll. Yeah. And uh, so I started writing then, but I think when country came into the picture was after this experience with Jesta James. And I, I just got used to it to a point where I really enjoyed it, and I, I noticed the songwriting was a lot more fun. You could tell more stories, um, and I got more introduced to co-writing, you know, like with several other people, and I'm like, man, I don't see myself going back to anything but this after a while, so it was, yeah. it was a pleasant transition into country for me. You know, um, I'm, just in, I'm just really curious as to how you flipped the switch um, you mentioned the storytelling, but like fr- from rock to country is, um, you know, it's it's such a different thing because your sound is would I suspect it would be more stripped down now, which allows um, your vocal personality to come out and tell the story probably with more, less things in the way. You know what I mean? Like you don't need layers and layers of. You know, we got a stack of keyboards and, you know, two Marshall stacks going and, and you know, it, it gets pretty yeah. it gets pretty busy in the room 
for some of these recordings. Uh-huh. So was there a was there a pivotal moment that you remember that you said, oh, I wrote X song that kind of opened the door for me that allowed this new sound to start to manifest? I think that um, when I wrote If Heaven Has a Back Door, that was kind of my, really my debut uh, country single that came out. And I wrote that, uh, we went to Nashville, me and my best friend, Alex Pennington Smith, um, took a trip up there and wrote with uh, Jason Afable and Eric Webb. And I just had this idea for, you know, for that song. Um, and we ended up writing it and it just started on keys and that was it. And so we kind of developed this demo around that. Uh, but once, you know, it was all said and done, the song was finished. It was, like you said, there just wasn't a lot of stuff in the way where my voice could just carry. Um, and I got, you know, good feedback from that. So ever since then, that's kind of what I try to cater towards. Like, I like, you know, don't get me wrong, coming from rock, I like having some loud guitars and and stuff like that. But the dynamic of the song, um, I like those choruses, you know, that can kind of soar yeah, a little bit and really and really have its its moment. But, but yeah. Yeah, the song kind of always seems to dictate where to go, you know? Like, the song seems to have a life and a mind of its own that's saying, no, nah, no, nah, we don't need any more layers, you know? It's just, it's it's coming together just fine, you know? Three-piece, four-piece, whatever it is. Um, yeah. The co-writing thing... Was that a surprise for you when you, um, the first time you started co-writing with people, was it a pleasant surprise, like an awakening that you said, hey, there's something here I, I don't didn't even realize it was so cool that it's happening? I mean, I think it was one of those experiences where you realize, you know, more heads are better than one when you come together on an idea. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's not something I ever wanted to rely on, you know, like where I, you know, don't want to write anything by myself anymore but i i know like once i can be around certain writers that i really trust for my stuff at least um it's always a better idea you know to have several people involved and that way you can you know bounce around ideas what works what doesn't work and you can really talk out um what's best for the song because a lot of times you can get boxed in your own head and can't break through to the next or to the second verse is usually where i have the hardest time yeah um but just, you know, scenarios like that. But I, I think that um, depending on who you write with, especially, and you can trust them, and they're, you know, I think it's important to be friends, too, with these people that you write with because you can really you can really come up with some crazy stuff that, like, I know myself probably wouldn't have come up with by myself. So it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's nothing but positive to me, though, to be able to co-write with people. Yeah, the— You uh, can share that with them. The personal connection is so important because um, you got to have that. You got to both be on that wavelength, you know, of, um, you know, I like and respect this person. So when they come up with something, I'm going to take that really seriously, you know, as opposed to just, hey, we were assigned (laughs) to a room, you know, whether it's BMI or whoever it is. And you go to go to this room and write something that's that's kind of challenging to do that when you don't have the chemistry all worked out. Um, mm-hmm. I want to just, you, I mean, you pick up on, on things from other people too. You pick up on some of their craft and take it with you. So yeah. It's an ever, and, and vice versa. You know, like, I'm sure that, you know, it's a learning experience both ways, you know, for everybody, I'm sure. Um, I want to introduce this song, uh, uh, for, to give everybody a, a little taste here. This is called the best of us.
stop Liquor shop hitting lead for speed on the throttle Tonight just taking heavy shots, every drop Till there ain't much left in the bottle She's getting so damn tired of apologizing Hoping she didn't do much more than drunk dialing But no one can break her heart better than she can Girl, we all say things we don't mean Show aside there's hard to see Feel like no amount of praying Can make up for the times we're wasted We all sure can't tend to think That life ain't fair and we're wrote some things Forgetting every bit of magic No matter how big we have it But life keeps on gonna pick yourself up it happens to the best of us Slamming screen doors they headed for His truck and he was revved up mad They had some words you thought he would've learned The last time he put her down like that Yeah, tomorrow there's gonna be some apologizing Even a really good man can find himself sliding Man, we all say things we don't mean Show aside, there's hard to see Feel like no amount of praying Can make up for the times we wasted We all sure can't tend to think That life ain't fair and we're some things Forgetting every bit of magic No matter how big we have it But life keeps on gonna pick yourself up it happens to the best of us For the time we wasted We all sure can't tend to think That life ain't fair and we're wrote some things Forgetting every bit of magic No matter how big we have it But life keeps on gonna pick yourself up Cause it happens to the best of us Man, what a great song. Really, that's the one that really got my attention. Uh, really love that song. Um, so tell me the circumstances that uh, made you write that song. Was this a co-write or is this your, your solo thing? Yeah, actually, I wrote this with my buddy uh, Alex Pennington-Smith. You'll hear his name a lot because I, I write a lot with him. But, um, you know, we went into the studio that day and I was going through a pretty dark time in my life, um, personal stuff. Um and I don't know, we, I had a, a riff. I'm trying to remember how we even came up with the idea, but we just came up with, you know, with this idea that you hear all the time, like, hey, man, happens to the best of us. Like, don't sweat it. Yeah. But the song obviously is a lot deeper than that. Um, and I think, you know, the, the world we live in, like mental health is becoming more and more of a important thing to consider, I feel like, and, which I, I love because we all go through that to the point where you just can't see the light anymore yeah and um that's you know that's 
what I wanted the song to be about so other people could connect and understand like you're not in this alone and you know no matter what you do in your life and how bad you think it is or how bad you think you are like it's it's really going to be all right and it happens to the best of us we're all human we're all connected and we should we should love each other accordingly and support each other because you just never know like what somebody's going through amen amen circling back um to the to the co-write again um i guess the, the person that i met was uh i was most impressed with and i and it was at a music conference out in uh, i think it was durango out in colorado and um Jeffrey Steele, you've heard of Jeffrey Steele, I'm sure. Um, yeah. He's the co-writing champion of all time. I mean, he, he won the <laughs> he won the BMI Writer of the Year twice, not once, but twice. I mean, that's like impossible, that's you know. Impressive. But um, but he like he was in this band called um, you know he re- he reminds me of your story a little bit. He was in a band called I think it was called Boy Howdy. I think they were a California band, and he just decided, look, I'm going to just go start working on writing, and he started co-writing with everybody, like just writing like all over the place, and um, found a wall of success with Montgomery Gentry, and all of, all the main artists um, started, I think, sort of tripping over each other to get his songs, because he just, you know, he hit that vein. And it was from mm-hmm. co-writing, I think, um, that, that he did that. And uh, that's kind of what he expressed uh, when I met him. But so I think it's such a healthy thing of, of picking up more tools, more ideas, and more ways to express a new song in ways that, you know, you wouldn't probably think of if you're just doing it all by yourself, you know? Exactly. I yeah. 100% agree. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about um, the gig situation. Are you going out, like when you're playing out, um, do you prefer going out by yourself as a solo or do you do you have a band preference or like what are you doing these days as far as performance? Well, what I'm actually doing now is more solo stuff, uh, but I would definitely prefer a band, you know. Um, it's just so much more fun, you know, to be able to get up on stage and move around and be able to follow a rhythm and, I mean, share that energy with other people up there too. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff I do right now is writer's rounds up in Nashville. I'll do gigs here and there um, that are kind of a hybrid of, you know, cover and original. But I'm a I'm a big advocate of, you know, a lot of original stuff more than more than not. Yeah. Great. The yeah. writer's rounds are so much fun. Um, how did you first get connected to them? Somebody just grab you and say, hey, why don't you show up here? Um, and was it a surprise for you the first time you went? Uh, I wouldn't say it was a surprise, but it was um, it was really exciting when I first got the chance to. Um, I've played a writer's round before, back when I've done rock stuff. Um, but I guess when I started in Nashville, I had a buddy, uh, Ricky Gunn, who he's actually involved with that Jesta James band before I got involved. I took his place as the singer. And, um, and he invited me up to the local, which is this place. Yeah. And... Uh, and he was like, hey, you know, there's going to be like three of us if you want to join. And, you know, if you want to play a couple songs you wrote. And I was like, oh, cool. They do this all the time up there. Um, so I, I had a blast, though. I mean, there's so many people that were there. And you could tell they were listening to what you had to say. Like, they weren't there just to party or anything. So it was it was a really uh, pleasant experience um, that I wasn't used to. So I kind of got hooked on it after that. Um, and I realized you meet 
ton of people doing that kind of stuff. They'll come up to you and want to want to network and write with you. So, yeah, it's it's been it's been crazy. Yeah. So, um, how is it being in um, in Georgia? Is do you have these kind of uh, this kind of access to those kind of gigs where you are now, or do you do you find yourself taking trips uh, down to Nashville to to pick up this stuff? Oh, I, I take a lot of trips. I drive through the middle of the night a lot yeah. and uh, sacrifice as much as I can just to make it happen. I um, hope you don't have but, a leased car with uh, mileage penalties. <laughs> I, I got a truck, but it, it sure likes to drink that gas. But it's yeah. it's worth it to me, even losing money going up there because of the experience and you know the the potential of one day something happening. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's almost a law. I mean, listen, your country now. You know, you got to have a pickup truck. I mean, that's like that's like <laughs> yeah. the law, right? It's in every song. Yeah. You just like I just like sitting up high. Yeah, oh, I'm the same way. I mean, I had a SUV for years, and it's like I got in a regular car once. I said, I can't do this anymore. You know, you, yeah. you get used to that up high, you know. Uh-huh. So, so My you, first truck was a Z71 in high school, and then I had to downsize to a Tacoma. I didn't like that. And then I had to go to SUV, SUV, and then eventually I'm like, that's it. I'm getting a truck again. I'm going to sit up high. Are you, are, you, <laughs> uh, are you an F-150 man, or what are you driving right now? I have a Dodge Ram. Dodge Ram. Okay. Oh, that's, that's a good yeah. car. Yeah. That's a good truck. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask you about some of the, um, some of the openings. Um, I, I was checking out your bio and, you know, opening for 38 Special, Montgomery Gentry, Cadillac 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've probably been having some fun. And are you, are you doing that like as a, with full band or are you doing that just by, on your own as a solo? The, those gigs were all full band opening for them so nice. it was cool montgomery gentry was it was wild we got to hang out with them a little bit backstage and they had a big spread for food those guys are huge too they were like a foot taller than me it seemed like and <laughs> been just jacked you know yeah wow like oh well, you guys are doing some crazy workouts or something i need to work out with you guys <laughs> yeah right doing something on the road i don't know they must have barbells in the in the truck or the trailer or something <laughs> yeah yeah, Cadillac Three was—they were amazing, though. It's one of the loudest shows I've seen. Really, just but, uh, just in yeah. terms of of just cranking it up, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're it's only a three-piece band, but if you were to close your eyes, you'd think it's a five or six-piece band just with the amount of volume they put out. And I mean, they're just so so good too. Yeah. So now I want to ask you about. Um, Am I understanding correctly that you're also a vocal coach? Is that correct? No, no, oh, I have okay. a vocal coach. That's, uh, I wasn't is, sure because I saw it. It said Sam has been described by the world-renowned. Oh, okay. I, mean, I, I probably read it wrong. Uh, John, Jan Smith or Jan Smith? Jan Smith. Jan yeah, Smith. I, I used okay. to go there um, back in the day. I think that was like 2008 to 2000. 11 yeah. maybe and then i i mean i always saw dion osborne was was always my coach there uh-huh and, and she actually left there and um i just stuck with her yeah after that but but yeah she's a she's an amazing human being that's for sure great great do you do you do um as far as a one vocalist to another do you like do a lot of warming up before you start to, to sing do you do any kind oh, yeah. of warm up? yeah okay yeah, I make all kinds of weird noises. So I yeah. try to, I try to stay away from people. But I did. I actually did find this thing. I saw, um, gosh, it must be like two years ago now. But I saw Kaylee Hammock had it, and it's called the belt box, and it's like this little mask you put over your, your mouth, um, 
It reminds me of that mask on, I don't know if you've seen the original Batman with Michael Keaton and yeah. Jack Nicholson. Yeah. But that, yeah. that scene where the Joker like sends a gift to Vicky Vale and says, put this on, she puts that mask on. It looks just like that. Really? Um, so what is it, it, what it, is it designed kills, to do? Like, what does it do? It just kills the volume. I mean, you could scream in that thing, and it's it's going to be pretty, you know, subtle. Wow. So you could be around people more, and, you know, they're still going to hear you a little bit, but it's not going to be like you're just blasting their head off yeah. or anything like that. So <clears throat> it just makes everything more feasible, depending on where you are. Yeah. Bath yeah. I'm, I'm so, I'm so self-conscious about like, I mean, when I was in Nashville, I'm, I'm right now I'm in New Jersey, but I was in Nashville the last couple of years and I had this big house that was way too big for, you know, but the, at, at the uh, beginning of the pandemic, before it hit, I said, oh, I'll get this place so everybody can come and visit me. Well, I moved in 2,600 feet and like, what the hell? Nobody's coming to visit for a couple of years <laughs> now, you know? So I could like yeah. really wail and walk around the house and like, you know, and I had a studio set up and everything. But now um, I'm up with uh, my fiance's place. But fortunately, she has this workout room and I, I go close the door down there in the basement. And I go in and I have like the top of my lungs and I'll come up. And she's like on a computer with, you know, people on. She's connected to all the people for her job. And I said, did you hear me singing? She goes, no, I didn't hear a thing. I said, oh, great. Because I get awesome. too self-conscious. <laughs> You know, it's like if I know yeah. somebody's out there and I'm working on a song, you know, I, I know mm -hmm. I'm going to sound ridiculous on some of these notes, so I, I won't let it all out because <laughs> I know somebody's yeah. out there listening, you know. Yeah, so I'm the same way. Yeah, so tell me about your process of writing. When you're writing, do you come up with, like, ideas, titles, um, just pieces of songs, or do you just hit like an idea first or is it, or is it just random how your songs come out? I think honestly, there's, there's not a process. It depends on the day on how things kind of land, but my go-to is titles. Like I feel like that's my forte is, is uh, I'll always have titles and, and catchy things that you can spin, a, you know, a way you wouldn't expect. Um, but usually the easiest way for me uh, in a co-write is to bring a handful of titles, you know, to offer. And if we go with it, cool. If not, cool. Um, but once we get an idea in place, I like to start on the chorus. Yeah. At the very last line of the chorus. So that's the tag, usually. And then working backwards. So you can you can set up the tag, like the last two lines, basically. If you can set up a second to last line to really, you know, nail that last line. Yeah. Um, it really just sets the foundation for the rest of the song to me. Um, and it's easier because you're like, all right, we got the hard part over. Yeah. You know, it's going to land really well. So let's set it up. And then, you know, you, you work on the first verse and then maybe the, the last two lines before the chorus, you, you want to make sure that makes sense with how you're going to set up the chorus. So it's seamless going into it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how I, approach it uh but you know obviously once we get started who knows what's gonna happen so yeah somebody taught me a long time ago and i can't remember where i picked that up from it's probably one of those um uh conferences or something but sometimes your second verse is written first you know like in and it's like sometimes you have to just flip them because i don't know it's like you get to the second verse and you're deeper into the song, like the process and the thought process of it. So sometimes it's better to just flip and try putting the second verse first 
And then, you know, if it's a story, sometimes that doesn't always work, but sometimes I've done that and it, it does work. But there's so many um, techniques, ideas, and, and tricks to songwriting, you know, and hacks that, uh, oh, yeah. you know, it's just like the, the sky's the limit. It's one of the most, I still think it's one of the most um, freeing and creative things you could ever do as far as having a profession. Like, there's really no rules. You know, it's like yeah. you should probably break most of the rules half the time. Like, I was taught never open with a chorus. Well, I, I've done that on more than one occasion, and it, and it works. Mm -hmm. And uh, but, it, you know, it depends on the song, too. Or like maybe I'll open with half the chorus and then the second time mm -hmm. hit it with the full chorus, you know. So um, whatever it takes to, to connect to the listener, I think really, you know, the song will tell you everything it needs to tell you, you know. Yeah, and you can feel it out as you go. And you're like, I know that's going to work. I don't care what people say. Yeah, yeah, I'm exactly. Good. You get other people's feedback and you're like, yeah, yeah. keep rolling with it. <laughs> Gotta love to break the rules, right? Hey, um, let's play another one here um, from Sam, and this is called Every Other Weekend. Here we go. Set him down, said it ain't your fault. Lots going on between me and your mom. And I can't say it all that you'll be better off, but we sure love you.
another good song. Man, you got a mark of quality on all your work, which I really love. Like the like I said before, the first time uh, I put on one of your songs, um, uh, it, I connected with it immediately. Like really quality, well thought out, very well crafted songs and great vocals. Let's talk about your vocals a little bit. Like who were you influenced by as you started to like, you know, get deeper into your career and you knew, you know, you had a set of pipes. Like um, who were you listening to like in the early days that kind of inspired you to be like the singer that you're, you've become now? There are several of them. Um, I think I started off with when I first were just playing guitar I was Dave Matthews. Um, but I think, I don't know if you've ever heard of Miles Kennedy from uh, yeah. he sings with Slash and oh, yeah. Yeah, with Alter Bridge. He's a huge influence of mine back when I did the rock stuff. Um, just because he could sing so clean, you know, yeah. and still hit yeah. the notes. And it, it, he's just mind-blowing when you listen to him. Isn't I've seen he, him live um, play acoustic. Isn't he uh, Velvet Revolver? Was he in that band? Because um, he's been in a lot of projects, I think, too, Miles. Yeah. Miles I want to say that he was supposed to be, but they went with somebody else. Oh, okay. Um, and I think that was before he was touring. Miles was touring with Slash, but okay. Um, but yeah, he was a huge influence for a really long time, and, and kind of helped me find different places of my voice. Like, oh, okay, it's not as hard as I thought to get there if I try it this way. Yeah. Um, and you know, mimicking a lot of what he would do, but they changed through the years. I mean, it went from him to uh, um, Steven Tyler was a big one. He's a freak, though. Nobody can really. <laughs> do what he does they try their best um i had elevator but, uh, in my in my head all day elevator you know elevator yeah. and going down with you know with, yeah. his, with his cat calls and his like yeah exactly and i got i try to do that in one of my earlier songs um called rock with you it's technically a country song but it's really rocking yeah i think his uh bass player or the or the drummer i can't remember from Aerosmith said steven's from another planet and that's all he had to say. And it's like, yeah, you're, you're right, man. The guy yeah, is like, they, I've seen a, a special on him. I don't know if it was, uh, I can't remember what special it was, but it was about his vocal cords and how he had nodules. And, yeah. And um, whoever was the ENT was like, this is that one out of a million people kind of scenario because he's actually improved through his injuries, like his, his voice. <laughs> Yeah, he so must have some like really it. good people, like like you said, either the doctors and or vo vocal coaches helping him work through that, because that's a scary thing, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm terrified of that stuff. Yeah, because you don't know if you're going to come out the other end okay or you're, you're going to not be a singer anymore. That would be terrible, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. but, tell, um, tell me about yeah, your, gone... your experience with uh, with um, vocal coach. Um, was that, like, something that really, really... Uh, you know, enhanced you and, and really moved you along a lot quicker that you were working with vocal coaches. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I learned how to take care of my voice, warming up and cooling down and uh, really just kind of trusting your instincts and feeling what feels right. But I mean, there's a lot that goes into it and a lot of practice, you know, yeah. that it took, but it, it gives you confidence more than anything. And that's something I lacked early on. Like I had the ability, but I didn't have the endurance or in, you know, the skill level that it takes to, to really, you know, have a sustainable career as a vocalist. And I mean, it's, uh, it's ever evolving, I feel like, but, but yeah, I would, I'd highly recommend to anybody like there's, there's no shame in vocal coaching or getting a vocal coach because you're only going to be that much better. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, God bless you, man. You, you really, uh, you can tell that you uh, you got it together as far as, you know, your, your singing to me sounds effortless. And it's like when, when you have that going on, you, you know you know what you're doing with your, your instrument, you know, which, which is just fantastic. Um, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, tell me about uh, what do you like to do um, chill time besides drive? <laughs> like, <laughs> like when you need like a break from music, is there anything in particular? Um, do you go to gym? You like to go fishing? Like anything, anything that really is a is a peaceful, you know, wonderful thing for you to just like escape and have some time to just chill a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you named it. Fishing is probably my top favorite thing that I've ever been able to do my whole life. Like I tell a lot of people, I like fishing more than I like breathing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I like being outside, you know, I got a dog. I like to take her on walks and, you know, when my kids are around, I like to just keep them outside with me. And, um, that's, that's heaven on earth to me. Just, just being able to be outside with good weather and yeah, I mean, fishing's awesome, though. I could do that all day. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so peaceful. So it's so good to be outside, too, you know. Um, as far as what you're looking for um, in the future, like the rest of this year, what's it looking like for Sam Coon and his career? Well, I want to release as much music as I can. Uh, I want to continue to build a following, as many people as I can. And, I mean, the end goal would obviously be to – um, to find myself in a really good situation where I could be able to play in front of, you know, really big crowds and, you know, a record deal at some point and a, a publishing deal. But, it, you know, it all needs to make sense Yeah. Uh, before that happens. But, I mean, just right now I'm just enjoying the grind of just writing as many songs as you can and um, and being involved with as many people with music as I can to, you know, just to – to network but really just to enjoy the process too because there's a lot of cool people out there yeah the ride is great you know it is yeah. like meeting meeting people and just knowing and there's that time stamp on all your work constantly like because it's like yeah i remember when i met this person i was writing this you know and i was writing that you know it kind of follows you down the path so where yeah. is where is home base for you now sam is it is it remains in uh, georgia or do you consider yourself Nashville artist? How, you know, like, like, how does that work for you? I'd, I'd say Georgia. I yeah. mean, just I always want to be close to my kids. Um, yeah. Right now, I'm I'm about uh, man, halfway is like about twenty minutes, so it's really nice. Yeah. How old, um, how old are your I'm, kids? Uh, my oldest is seven. He's about to be eight, and my youngest just turned four in January. So I got two boys. Awesome. But uh, yeah, they're great. And uh, they they might be little musicians themselves. I got um, my oldest Griffin. He's getting guitar lessons, so I work with him on that a good bit. And uh, we're always playing music no matter what, so it's it's always a blast. They have no choice, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, they're got, good at it too. I got two boys. Mine are a little older than yours, and uh, you know, my younger one is he's down in Austin. He moved out there about four years ago, and uh, he's a singer songwriter also. And he's down there tearing it up in Austin. He fell in love with the city, you know. Um, yeah. But but yeah, it's it's so good to see the kids, uh, you know, pick up the music at a young age, and be able yeah. to just hang. And you know, my favorite thing is now, and when he's in town or I'm in town, we both get on stage together, and 
and play and sing harmonies with each other. You know, it's it's so That's much fun. Be really cool. It really is. I'm like waiting all, for that. All of his uh, all of his homies and everything came out the last time we did this about six months ago, and they they packed this little club. You know, which wasn't real hard to do, but. All of his friends came up and just said, hey, man, that was the coolest. I can't imagine, like, you know, getting up, you know, your father and you, like, jamming together, you know. It's just really fun. That's got to be amazing. Yeah. I can't wait for that one. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. Um, so I want to ask you about um, your people that you play with. Do you, when you're, when you're out playing with a band, like, what's the deal with that? Do you have a bunch of different people in different places, or do you have a bunch of go-to guys that you can call up to help support you um, when you're out doing gigs and you need a full band? Yeah, I think at this point I have several um, people at every instrument that I can, you know, rely on and just see what their schedule is. But I used to have, like, a go-to band, like every single player. Um but it's, it's just changed since the rock thing, just because they're all local in Atlanta. Um, and there's there's just a lot of other people I've met through the years that um, I feel like would kind of enhance the sound um, yeah. in a better way. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's several I would, I'd reach out to just to see um, who'd be available. But they're all really good, though. So, yeah. So I, I know they'll deliver, and they're a lot of fun to, to share the stage with. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a difficult part for some people. But when you have uh, you, you've got a bit of history behind you with um, playing with other people. So that's always really great that you can put that together. What's your preferred um, setup? Is it four piece, five piece? Like what, what do you go? Out I think with? four piece. I mean, yeah. it would be it'd be cool to be five piece to have somebody on keys. But, you know, two guitar players, a bassist and a drummer. Yeah, I think is is the easiest way to go. And um you know, sometimes if, if you want to run tracks to kind of fill up the sound, that's that's always cool too. Like yeah. just backing track stuff, um, ambient stuff. Right. But uh, but yeah, I'd say four pieces usually my go-to. Yeah. Awesome, Sam. We're running into the end here. Um, before we um, say our goodbyes, I want to just ask you if there if there's anything you'd like to uh, give a shout out to to our people out there that are that are listening to this show. Um, your fans, the Dharmic Evolution fans, and anything you would like to uh, just wish something for somebody or just anything, blanket statement, anything you'd like to say. And um, just before we wrap up here. Well, I mean, I'd like to thank everybody for listening, taking the time to, to hear my story and to, to follow you um, and your journey too, man. It's a uh, we're all doing it in some way or another with music. So it's something that I feel like is important that we all share, whether we're the creators or we're the listeners, like we're all in it together. So um, I just appreciate everybody that's, you know, that's music, a music lover. And uh, hopefully they'll stay tuned to more music that's coming out. Awesome. Awesome. Sam, it was a pleasure. I'm so happy you came on the Dharmic Evolution and uh, all of your links Everything will be in the show notes, where to find Sam Kuhn. We're connected on Instagram and Facebook, so I'll be following you, brother, checking you out, watching where you're going, what you're doing. And uh, I just want to wish all of God's blessings on you, your family, your two young boys, and uh, good fishing, my friend. <laughs> well, I really appreciate that. Thanks for having me on, and hopefully I'll talk to you again soon, okay? All right, Sam. Be blessed. All right. You take care. Thank you. 
please check out Sam's show notes. Everything Sam Kuhn is in the show notes. Please support and follow him. That's a wrap for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor. So until the next time, when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage. Ride on, ride on, baby, won't you take a ride with me? Ride on, ride on, we can untangle all the mystery. If wishes were windows, I'd open one and find That freedom is really a simple state of mind So ride on, ride on, baby, won't you take a ride with me? Ride on, ride on, we can untangle all the mystery Ride on, ride on, baby, baby, you and I can find the key Ride on, ride on, we can unlock each other's destiny I taste the breeze of freedom, it's tingling on my tongue You and I out on the road will stay Pictures in your mind I'll take you places